So here it is, talking bollocks, Christmas thrash metal special. This is the best podcast in the fucking world. Yes, we're back. I'm back. You're back. We're back. It's Christmas fucking talking bollocks. At last, the thrash metal special is here. Yes, we're back. We're back. We're back. It's awesome, isn't it? It's good. Feels good to be back in the groove, back in the pocket, back talking bollocks in my front room to you guys at this special time of year. It's not a special time of year, is it? Apart from, well, you know, let's be honest, let's celebrate the great things um, about Christmas. You know, whether you're a Christian or not, the great things about Christmas are what? They are getting together with the family, getting battered, eating a lot of food, opening the odd present, watching a bit of telly, and just hanging out. So, um, wherever you are in the world, wherever this finds you, whatever religion or mysterious being in the sky you may believe in or not, I personally don't believe in any, but that's my thing. So, wherever you are, um, happy bollockmas, happy uh, Xmas, happy whatever you're doing, but most of all, just be happy and be here, because we're we're getting ready. This is it. This really is going to happen. This really is the thrash metal special. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, um, or just gentlemen, as far as I know, um, hello. I am Howard H. Smith, your host for this nearly four and a half hours of fucking amazing fucking thrash chat. So, um, uh, what do I do? I, um, I'm i a stand-up comedian. I have been for a lot of years. Um, I do a character called Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. You can uh, you can Google me. You can find me. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. Talking Bollocks is on Twitter. It's on YouTube. Um, I also used to sing in a thrash metal band called Acid Rain. Mm, did you, Howard? I've heard a rumour they might be coming back. Really, Howard? Well, let's talk about that in a little while. So, there you go. Um, Facebook, Twitter, all the usual shit. You can find us. You found us. You're here. That's the main thing. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. It's lovely to have you along. First things first, this is, as usual, not professional in the least. I've forgotten to plug in the laptop. So, don't want to uh, run out of power halfway through and suddenly disappear. Um, like happens in the Steve Souza interview. Um, that's yes, that is uh, that's going to be coming up in a bit, folks. Um, uh, as you probably realise by the time you've downloaded this, now we've decided to split um, the Christmas podcast into two parts. This is purely because um, the. Uh, if it was all in one, it would be just a massive chunk of data. Um, I don't know uh, data is something that people, some people have to monitor, and um, you know you just want to make sure that. It, it also, if it's auto download, it will all of a sudden bring a shitload of data into your phone that you weren't expecting, and maybe block it or whatever. So you'll be glad to know that this two, this whole two part thing is done is being done purely for you guys. It's being done because you know we just had a little bit. Hang on. <coughs> Oh, excuse me. Um, we just had a little bit to think about it and just thought, no, it makes more sense. So also, up front, want to tell all you guys, keep an eye on your devices between Christmas and New Year. There may be a little something special on its way. Who knows? We can't say at this point. Anyway, um, 
Uh, yeah, thrash metal special. It's about to, it's about to begin. We're about to rock and roll. Um, there is going to be um, uh, a little something maybe between Christmas and New Year. January, the the interviews are in the can. That's looking fucking awesome as well. Um, uh, I got to sit down, had a really nice chat um, with. Um, I, I'm going to do it again. I can't remember people's names. Roddy, Roddy, singer from Protest the Hero, which is awesome. We we, we chatted for quite some time. There's also a really cool chat. Um, with um, oh fucking um, uh, Matteo from Matteo who's the guitarist from Destrage or Destrage as some people call it so that's coming up in January anyway that's coming up in January um, let's get into the news shall we let's get into what has been happening since the uh, well I, well, in the last month I'll tell you what's happening tomorrow I'm fucking well excited about I'm going to see Creator and I have not seen Creator for missed them last time they were around and I mean unfortunately Arch enemy with you know howling Harry and up front is um, is not well. I'm just not going to bother. I'm going to the bar or something. But you know Mila's in town. Unfortunately, guys, sorry, he doesn't have any um, he doesn't have any time to do press um, on this particular trip. So um, yeah, no uh, known Mila interview. Sorry about that. But I did try. Um, but I'm getting to go and see him anyway. So fucking marvelous. Can't wait. Looking forward to that. Um, what else been going on? Poor old Chuck Mosley, hey, eh? the, uh, the 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 singer from uh, Faith No More, who did the um, uh, the first album, Introduce Yourselves, Fallen on Hard Times, and um, and is asking people to um, well, basically, he seems to be doing a bit of online begging. Um, I'm not really quite sure how I feel about this. It seems a bit, it seems a bit fucking mental. Um, I, um somebody actually said. Um, that I should set up a page um, for Talking Bollocks where you can, um, you know, you can PayPal as a um, a donation or something like that. It just feels a bit too much like begging, really. Um, and and as much as I like introduce yourself, um, and I saw I saw Faith No More on that tour with Chuck Mosley, and as much as I like the album, um, dude, you got yourself in a fucking mess. And you can't pay your mortgage. Well, yeah, I understand that and I feel for you. But just because you made an album that was pretty good 20 years ago, don't expect me to be helping out with the fucking rent. You know, I, I just feel, I don't know, there's just something about it. It just seems a bit a bit off, a bit weird. But to be fair, I, I you know, maybe there's more to it. Um, I, I, I probably should have done a little bit more research. But as you guys know, um, yeah, no, <laughs> not a great one for research or professionalism or uh, or anything like that. Um, so um, uh, yeah, we're, oh, got an interview with Volby in the can. Um, that is going to be popping its head up at some point. Uh, to be honest, it's probably the worst interview I've done so far. Um, it's only eleven minutes. I was on a little bit of a uh, I was on a little bit of a um, a treadmill with that one. And um, and I think fucking hell, eleven minutes. You can't really get get anything done or said as you guys know when we like to have a sit back and have a real old chat and um uh, you can't really get a lot done in 11 minutes apart from kind of you know i mean usually i've only just finished introducing myself haven't i you know bollocking on about fucking oh you can get me on twitter and i used to be in a band and uh, now i'm a stand-up and me 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 oh the interview's over oh well never mind um cheers volby nice to meet you (laughs) um um, i did get to meet rob uh, caggiano and yes he had that fucking hat on I think it's welded. I was tempted. Don't think I wasn't. I was tempted to go for it, but um, but I didn't. So there you go. Um, oh, what else happened? Hellfest um, has happened. And at Hellfest, I, I, I am led to believe that there was a chant of talking bollocks. Well, not, you know, not a chant of talking bollocks. <coughs> Fucking 
there's this really annoying fly in here. What a fly is doing in fucking December kicking around my flat, I do not know. Um, but yeah, so there may be the odd clap may continue through the show as I uh, as I take attempts at uh, whacking this fly. Um, so anyway, yeah, the chant of talking bollocks um, was, was um, bollocks, talking bollocks, bollocks back was was heard at Hellfest. It was relayed. The story was relayed to me by um, by Matt Denny. Um, and apparently, um, it was actually being done whilst bands were playing, which was quite amusing, um, between songs. And apparently the bands who were on stage at the time looked completely um, mystified as to what was going on. So I, I just, I love that idea. I love that mental image of <laughs> of just, the, you know, a band stood on stage hearing the crowd shouting bollocks and bollocks back and thinking, what the fuck is going on here? So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah, and I got, um, just to mention Volbeat again, I posted a picture um, of um, of Hatebreed and also um, of Volbeat when they were on stage. And I posted it, tweeted it out and put it on the Talking Bollocks Facebook page. Now, um, I, I do that purely, uh, you know, a shot at the beginning of the gig and then leave it. I'm not somebody else. But straight away, all I got was grief from you fuckers about, oh, put your fucking phone away. Oh, you fucking cunts. That's, Jesus Christ. All I did was take one picture right at the beginning and just stick it up there. And that was it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I suppose you quite rightly sort of uh, chewed me out about it. But um, it was, um, yeah, it did seem it did seem to be quite excessive. Um, it, all I did was take one picture. Anybody think I'd have posted up a fucking, uh, the whole gig or something. Um, but, fair, you know, fair point. You know, you, you all told me to get back in my fucking box pretty, um, pretty fucking quickly. So um, uh, I'll, I'll let you off on that. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, new Emigrate album. Emigrate is um, is a side project um, um, put together by one of the guitarists whose name I forget, you know, my memory, fuck it. Um, from, I think it's Richard, isn't it? From, um, from Rammstein. Um, it's, it's a very interesting mix because there's about, there's about three or four songs with guests on it. Unfortunately, one's Lemmy, so needless to say, that sounds shit. Um... Uh, but yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Marilyn Manson um, uh, sings on track as well, which is pretty fucking awesome. It's um, it, it's the closest thing you're going to get any Ramstein fans out there. It's the closest thing you're going to get to any Ramstein without there being any new Ramstein. Um, and it's not Ramstein. It's all right. It's not bad. It's it's interesting. I think the guests give it a kind of novelty value, but for me, it stops it feeling like a really uh, a proper cohesive album because it's just, you know, guests popping in all over the place and it's just a little bit kind of like, oh, I don't know, I can fucking, you know, I I, 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 I just think it makes it a bit of a novelty um, and I could and I could do without the novelty aspect. Um, but it's good, it's good. Um, and of course we had... Um, We've had um, we've had Thanksgiving, haven't we? Um, I do believe for those of you listening in um, in a part of the world that um, uh, that has Thanksgiving, um, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm, I'm Americans, yeah. Uh, well done, you know. Thanksgiving, or as we call it over here, Friday. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I, I hope that was enjoyable, and um, I've, I've never quite understood the whole thanks. Thanksgiving thing, but then again, um, I'm not American, am I? Anyway, I'm, I'm waffling a bit here, aren't I? Um, just talking bollocks. Oh dear, tell you, I'm absolutely knackered. I really am sorry. How fuck? 
How professional is this? I am fucking yawning on my own podcast. It's like, and I apologise because you're probably yawning as well. And now I'm talking about yawning. I can't stop. Sorry. Oh, fuck. Right. Come on, get up. Um, sorry, guys. That's really fucking bad. That's really bad. And I bet you're, you're yawning as well. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Um, uh, uh, this, this is, by the way, a, this is going to be a cracking show, all right? So don't don't worry. Hang on in there. Um, what else has been going on? Um, oh, Megadeth lineup. That's all fallen apart, hasn't it? What a surprise. I think you can only work with Dave for so long before um, before you're going to go fucking walkies. Um, uh, there's not a lot really to say, is there? I mean, you know, oh, big, big surprise. Uh, well, I suppose it was a big surprise. The fact that um, both members went at the same time um, and it seemed to come out of the blue. I, I don't know. It just sort of, I don't know, smacks of maybe... I don't know, maybe maybe terms of employment being changed on these guys or something like that. I don't know. It, it seems a bit weird. I'm just going to have a drink. Don't mind me. Oh, God. I'm so dehydrated. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, day, you know, I, that's always going to happen, wasn't it? I mean, that's what you do. That's what that's what Megadeth is, isn't it? It's just it's just Dave Mustaine, and eventually everybody leaves, and and that's it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, it's a shame that that lineup went out on Super Collider because, um, as uh, as fans of the show will know, um, it's fu- well, my opinion is it's fucking dreadful, absolutely fucking abysmal. Um, but um, anyway, no. Let, let's not let's not dwell on that. Fuck them. They're gone. It's done. Um, and uh, and Neil Turbin uh, went on tour with my mate's onslaught. And um, well, he's isn't he just gobbing off all over the place? Um, that's just fucking mental. What happened there? I mean, I've messaged been messaging with Nige from onslaught, and it does sound like it was an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm. I feel for the guys. It's bad enough being on tour when you're in a band. When you're in a band with people that you're not particularly keen on, but being on, having somebody that you that's forced upon you and you're not particularly keen on, just being a dick. That's yeah. That is just. I really, I really feel for them. That's a that is a fucking horrible situation to be in, especially when you're on the road. I mean, you know, you can't you can't get away. And and I don't know if any of you have seen um, any clips of the footage. Um, it looks fucking hilarious. He's got a music stand with the lyrics on. I mean, it's just fucking weird. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, well, look, hey, um, moving on to British. Speaking of British thrash. Um, acid rain, woohoo! Yeah, um, we uh, we made or I made an announcement, a little bit of an announcement um, that we are we're not reforming, more rebooting. Um, there's just me and Mac from the original lineup. Everybody else has had a crack, but for whatever reason, it, it's it, it you know um, both um, Adam and Ramsey had to bow out, um, and and Kev's never in the country, so he's he he will be involved whenever he can be. Um, but um, I had to go out there and you know, and get and get three new guys. Well, two new guys because we already had Mac the bass player, already had um, uh, one of the guitarists who's been hovering around in the background who was going to be filling in for Kev as and when, or filling in for Adam as and when, and ends up being the main guitarist now. Uh, and then the other guitarist is a cousin of mine, and the drummer is somebody who's recommended to us by Onslaught. We'll 
be making all the big announcements that there's, that there's going to be, um, or well, whatever they might be. I haven't got a fucking clue at the moment. Um, but for any of you out there who are interested in um, in Acid Rain, yeah, we are going to be coming back and doing some shows in 2015. Um, we've we have got um, some new material. Uh, um, we've done some demos. There are there is some some new material in there, and we do feel like you know it, it's going to be it's going to be a, a proper thing. You know, we're actually going to try and put some tunes out there, and you know, do some shows and not be shit. So um, so there you go. And I, I I fully understand if anybody is thinking it's a shame that it's not the original lineup. Um, I agree. I would be one of those people. We tried. We, we we tried to make it happen. I tried to make it happen. It hasn't happened. Um, this lineup is the is the only way that these songs are ever going to get played live again. So it, it's it's this or nothing. Um, and 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 I just decided, fuck it, why not? Well, let's actually go for it. For once in my life, I listened. Lots of people have been saying you should get back together. You should do some shows. Well, yeah, tough shit. We're go- we're going to do that. Um, so. Um, yeah, and there is going to be there is going to be some new material because I th- I felt if we're gonna if it's going to be a different lineup then there needs to be some some tunes that these guys have 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 written um, and that we've written um, as a new lineup out there just to give people an idea that it's not just some hired hands these are guys who are you know who are in it and know what they're doing and um, hopefully are going to be in it um, for the duration so um, so there you go that's that's the big acid rain um, exclusive my friends my uh, bollocks my listeners my buddies um that's that's the news um there's a few other things i want to have a chat with you guys about but um i think it's time we got into a fucking interview isn't it oh yeah hell yeah it's about time so what we're gonna do is um i am gonna now put on an interview that i did with shamir from destruction um it was really cool it was on their tour bus um you'll hear sort of bits of clattering around in the background stuff like that um you know sorry that's the way it is um uh, and um, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do Schmear now and then um, follow that up with Craig Le Cicero. It's Le Cicero. And for some reason, I wanted to, I called him Le Cero on, uh, on last month's podcast. I don't know what the fucking hell was wrong with me there. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, look, instead of just babbling on, why don't we just fucking get on with it? Here's Schmear from Destruction. So, hello. hello. Welcome. welcome. The, the, um, the podcast is called Talking Bollocks. Talking bollocks, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> but, so, um, uh, we have to prove the, uh, the UK people that German have humour. Well, yeah, 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 that's okay. my mission. <laughs> that, that's what I'm here. Um, oh, yeah, we, we know you have you. We know you have okay. you. Um, so, look, before, before we even start, I've got a story for you. Okay. Okay? The year is um, 1991. doing anything acid rain stopped and um, I was approached by a UK management company called Bedorn Productions uh, the main guy in there was Eric Cook oh Eric Cook yeah and um, so he says to me look destruction aren't doing anything at the moment Schmeer's left they don't know what to do Steamhammer just want them to get something out there's going to be guaranteed like X thousand sales. Yeah. They really want to get the, the band moving again. Um, but they, we, 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 you know, we need to try and kickstart the band. So um, they need a singer. Would you, 
So I said, well, yeah, cool. Disruption, yeah. Yeah. It's very so, interesting. So he's, I, I wonder if Mike knows about this. Well, he, cause, so he sent me the, um, he got, I sent him the, the last Acid Rain album. Yeah. He sent it over to um, to your guys' old management. Okay. And uh, and then I had a phone call from Ollie. Wow, Ollie was doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a phone call from Ollie. So we're on the phone, and, uh, and it's like, oh, you know, what do you think to the, uh, to the CD? He's like, oh, it's cool, I really like it. Really like your vocals. I could, I could, ima- you know, I could imagine them, um, I could imagine them on, on, on our music. Okay. That'd be, it'd be really cool. And I was like, okay, well, that, you know, that, that works for me. And um, never heard anything again. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that, that was it. That was it. I mean, so, so there you go. I, I, I nearly tried to replace you. So you were almost part <laughs> it, of destruction history. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one phone call in destruction's history. That, that, yeah, I think yeah, uh, when Fleming from Artillery kind of, kind of joined the band, they kind of counted on him, but then he left again. So that's when the whole project kind of fell apart, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, I, I I remember kind of hearing back from management that it was it was something like um, that they just yeah. they couldn't get they couldn't get organised, you know. I guess. Yes. Yeah. I guess also they were looking for somebody. It comes from Germany, maybe or. Yeah, I mean that, that was the other thing because they, it was going to be um, they they were going to they were going to try and fly me over for a couple of weeks, do a couple of weeks and then fly back, and it, it wouldn't have been ideal. It was mainly motivated by the labels. The labels just wanted to get going any kind of destruction record out to, there, yeah, so they yeah. could make some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, this uh, for the label was a big, a big thing to release this album finally. I mean, was the album recorded at the time? You know, like the, um, the vocals? No. Yeah, no, it was. It, this was because, because there were several guys in the talks. Also, the guy from Assassin, also Robert, ah, we were talking to for a while and. But then when the, the Polo guys, the singer, did the album, but he didn't want to stay, then, like, Fleming from Artillery was almost in the band already, and uh, it didn't work out at the end, so... I don't know, there was a lot of difficulties at the time, so I'm not really behind everything, like, I don't know how, how everything happened, but I heard a lot of stories from the guys now and stuff. I will, I'm seeing Ollie after this tour, so I'm going to ask oh, him... Oh, yeah, say hi for me. Him, I'm going <laughs> to ask him... Uh, <laughs> do you remember this one? He, he probably doesn't. He probably spoke oh. to a lot of singers back then. Oh, I think you know. But I, oh, oh, I remember, you know, I remember kind of like, you know, nearly, oh, nearly auditioning oh, for this oh, Oli has a very good memory. And sometimes it's funny that some stuff just happens like, whoops. Oh, that was you. Yeah, exactly. Press it. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a power cut. Sometimes stuff like. happens and you don't, uh, don't realize it because when Destruction was looking for drummer back in the day, 86. Uh, Stefan Schwarzmann also auditioned for us, who became later on the drummer for Running Wild. Right. And now playing for Accept yeah. and stuff. So he t- told me lately, uh, hey, you know, I, I called you back in the day, like, when you were looking for a drummer. I said, what? I'm like, are you serious? I said, yeah. He never called me back. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah.
the change definitely didn't work right and uh, yeah. and uh, you could also see that the, the band kind of wasn't happy with what happened, was happening you know. so it was kind of a legendary tour because it was basically the end of Story from it was legendary for all the wrong reasons yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so and for us it was the first big UK tour basically with a lot of shows like yeah and, and it was big venues I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was oh, looking forward to doing we, it we, we played the Hammers with the audience I know yeah, we know and you know, we ne we never we never got to do that. You know, yeah. and, and Liverpool Royal Court, which yeah, is an amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. venue. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of good places. Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of great memories about the tour. I remember the, this weird feeling, and I remember that I I remember my first impression that English have a love for carpets in the venues. <laughs> there's carpets everywhere. Germany's like no, because you want to clean, and carpets are hard to clean. But in England, all the venues had carpets. Are like, what's going on in England? Yeah. Why carpets? I remember yeah. this very well. It's like it's like a front room. But it's, it's a lot of old like theaters and stuff also. So like mm. kind of theaters kind of style. Well, yeah. like the yeah, like the Royal Court yeah. in, yeah. in Liverpool, which is which is like a big old a big old cinema, and of course Hammersmith Odeon, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. legendary. Um, and that. Well, funnily enough, I had the ex I had the opposite experience playing in Germany and playing some of the rock fabrics. You know? Big discos, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and like you say, you know, no carpet there. Yeah. No carpet, <laughs> no, no. No carpet, not, no windows. Not even the red one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, well, that was, yeah, that was a kind of legendary tour. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, how many, uh, when's the last time you were back in the UK, though? Like, not, uh, before this? Uh, yeah, before this, yeah. Um, the last time was with uh, Exodus and Sepultura, I think. Yeah, it's like two and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah approximately. Yeah. yeah. And it's two years since the last album, so why? Uh, <laughs> okay, someone's happy someone's to see you. Somebody's having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, wh why, wh why now? Is this just part of a? Yeah, it's it's been, it's been like we had some leftover space and said. There's some stuff we didn't do for a while. What can we squeeze in in those three, four weeks we have time now before we start a new album and and uh, have other shows also? And we said like some German so shows and some UK shows again because it's been a while. Yeah. So we're trying to squeeze this in even without a record. You know, like destruction is a band of history. You don't really need a new record tour. It, of course, it helps. It's better promotion, and there will be. Of course, hundred more people every night when there's a new record out because of the promotion. But still, we can tour also without a new record. And uh, this latest album is not so old; it's forgotten. And uh, and we're still also in the 30th anniversary part of our career. So yeah. So yeah, we we try to uh, find some young support bands and, and do this. Like yeah, there's a lot of 30th anniversaries kicking around. Oh yeah, isn't yeah, there? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of bands doing that. But, you, but yeah, you've earned the right. You've earned the right to be able to tour without a new album. That's what you know. That's what that longevity gives you. Exactly. That's that's the greatest gift we have. That we have the history, and uh, people accept us and come to our shows even if we don't have a new album. Out. You're being you're being way too modest. It's not a gift. It's thirty years of hard work. <laughs> it is, but it's also <laughs> a lot of you know fan support and love, luck, and you know the early bird thing back in the day and stuff. Of course. The work always been there, you know. Part of the Teutonic Four. Yeah, people say so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, 
it's, it's that's one of those things that you kind of you hear about, don't you? It's, it's not really. That. Didn't you do some? Didn't you do some shows? We did show the creator in Sodom mm-hmm. uh, a while back, and we did one show in Germany with all four of us, which was actually legendary. First time we played together on one bill. Is there a DVD of that? No, it was like a festival in Germany. Ah, right. It's like a big festival in Germany. And it was very cool, but the weather was very bad. So hopefully one day we can continue doing a whole tour like with all those bands. But yeah. it's not so easy because everybody has their schedules and their managers and their time frames. And, and, and some people are professional musicians like us, and some others don't like to tour so much. Like yeah. Sodom and then Tangled are just semi professional. They like, come and go as they please. Yeah, they play weekends and stuff, you know. So all this under one thing is not so easy but I'm still hope, hopeful so it's gonna hopefully one day come because everywhere, everywhere in the world we go people want to see this you know? yeah and it's a, it's a big demand so well no, we're, we're, we end up to, we, you know, we're ending up talking about it now yeah you know and I mean I'd love to see that I mean I, I, I mean a UK tour of, of, of those bands would just be awesome I'd be so well attended yeah I'm sure you I'm know sure, yeah um, but like you say, it, it, it's like a band is hard enough when it, you're trying to get people together and move in the right direction, in the same direction. Yeah, that's hard enough. I mean, we're then trying to get a bunch I, of bands. I, I always say when it comes to this question, I always say like, junction already. You know, like whenever distortion happens, we're we're prepared. We want to do it. Like uh, I'm not having special, uh, let's say. And, and stuff. I want to do it, and no matter what, like because now we're still young enough to do it, still healthy. In some years, who knows? You know, so I'm, I'm a little sad at one point that it's kind of so difficult, but it's not just our call. And we're ready to go. Whenever the other bands decide it's their time to do it, and we're waiting for them. No, that's cool. That's cool. Do you do you ever think about? Do you ever think about? beyond destruction in the future if I, would, if I would have thought of it like this I would not be here <laughs> yeah I suppose so yeah, yeah that's the, yeah. the usual thing like what can, what are you going to do after your music career and stuff you know you know if I would think like this I wouldn't be here like as a musician you have to think positive think about the future you have to be productive you have to go on if you think of what's happening after your career your career is over yeah yeah like, like a sportsman yeah, yeah. You, you focus on Focus, focus on the actual thing, yeah. and, and and of course it's like this. That when when we started, we never thought we could do thirty years. Yeah. Now we're in the thirty-first yeah, yeah. year, and who knows? Maybe we're gonna have another ten or fifteen or twenty. I don't know health. In, in 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 the comedy world, we call it the um, we call it um, the showbiz pension. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's like when you're gonna retire. Uh, you know what are you doing for a pension? I don't need one. Why? Because I'm never gonna stop. That's you know, like Lemmy is like the best example of this. You know, he's been yeah. managing over the years. He's basically 20 years older than me. He's pretty much exactly. So, and of course, he's struggling now. He has some health issues, but he has a wide lifestyle. So the, thing is, the thing is, you see, you see, you look at that, and you say, well, you know, he's, he's struggling now. And, 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 but then there's, there's you know, I, I'm sure you, you've lost people, and I've lost people along the way. A lot of right. younger people who don't make 30. Of course. You know, people who don't make 20. Yeah. You, 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 it's it's just life, yeah. You know, yeah. and and as long as you're doing what you 
from that perspective, I think uh, hopefully some more years to come. You know, like as long as we're enjoying it. Yeah. Of course, if, if like there's no more joy and there's no more people coming to the shows, then you're gonna give up automatically. You know? yeah. But if you still love what you do and and can give this great chance to tour the world between between India and fucking uh, South America, we can go everywhere. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, now it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Even China and crazy countries. You, Never, like back in the day, you could never play those countries. Have you been to China? Then? Sure, twice, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What's that like? A little oppressed and a little like illegal to make metal shows. A bit uncomfortable? A little bit uncomfortable, but also like very interesting to see people like reforming in the underground for metal because it's not really allowed. Yeah. And uh, culture was interesting, food was interesting, of course, <laughs> but also a little dangerous. Like, yeah. play there for metal bands. Yeah, because it's it, it, it's seen as a kind of like a this sort of. Mike is needed for the interview, right? Yeah, it's up to the yeah. Show. Yeah, but you have to do it now. No, as the show is too late. Yeah, but what's your mother? You have to do it now then, because we have to go yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, well, uh, we'll we'll wrap this up, Shmi. It's been yeah. a, it's been a pleasure. Um, okay, my pleasure. And uh, hey, you know, it's just a shame I didn't get a chance to follow oh, your footsteps. Oh, <laughs> for for for, for an album or two. Can you can you an acid rain erinnern? And sing up an acid rain, der sich mal beworben hat bei Destruction damals. Oli hat mit ihm telefoniert, das ist ja. Oh yeah. Hi. It never happened. <laughs> never mind. But um, Schmidt, thank you very much. Really hey, appreciate my, my it. Okay. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Cheers. Dead Kennedys. Hell yeah. So there you go. That was um, that was my interview with Shmir. Um and um, it was really cool. Uh, just at the end there, he was um, he was just telling the guitarist about um, the whole thing with me um, uh, not quite making it into destruction, um, which uh, was interesting. Sorry, I'm just moving the mic here. There we go. Um, and yeah, we had a really nice uh, we had a really nice chat. And as some of you might remember at the time, I even I posted a picture of the um, the toilet on the t- on the tour bus, which was. Um, <laughs> which was exceptionally um, posh, what can I say? Um, thus, it has started a um, uh, something I am going to do. When I get on more tour buses, I am going to get more pictures of toilets for you and uh, I'm posting them up there because uh, I know how much y'all love that kind of shit. Uh, I know you don't, and it's just me, but anyway, fuck it. Um, uh, sorry about the volume on that one. Um, I just got a new, um, I just got a new recording device, which um, had basically uh, that... But the, I, I can't be asked to explain. Just it'll be better, okay? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and, and I appreciate you're gonna have, you have to turn your you've, you've probably turned it up for the interview, and then when that dun, 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 comes in at the end there, um, that's probably really fucking annoying. In fact, that's not going to be there now because I'm going to take that out because that's not fair on you guys because you're going to have turned it up to listen to the interview and then when that sting comes in at the end it's just going to fucking blow your ears out. Um, so I'm now describing something that is no that is not on the podcast but there you go that you you know this is how it works right you know none of this is planned you know this is all just coupled together on the fly and here it is happening in your ears as we speak this is this is fucking yeah this is happening folks this is fucking happening right now um uh yeah so there you go that is not there um right (laughs) jesus christ 
I it's it's a good job you guys don't expect a professional fucking organised job, isn't it? Because you know that's so seriously what you're not getting. Um, but again, I, and I know I do this a lot, and I, it's because I mean it. I fucking really can't get across how much I mean this. Thank you so much. This time last year, if somebody had said to me that you'd be putting a podcast out, and on average we're getting twenty thousand listens uh, listens an episode, I would have. I would have laughed in their faces. Um, I, I really, really would. If somebody had said that to me, I, I honestly, to think this time last year, I was heading up north to go and do the Lawnmower Death Christmas show. I was going to do a guest spot there. And that's where I interviewed um, Zentrix and Reanimator for the very first episode. I mean, that was a, a year ago. This, you know, It's just amazing what's happened. And it's all down to you lot. Um, I mean, well, not entirely, because you, none of you have gone out there and done the interviews, have you? You fucking lazy twats. Um, uh, yeah, there's been, there's been a lack of swearing, hasn't there, actually? I've, I've been quite clean so far. Cunt, 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 cunt! Um, but um, it's just amazing, the... the, the st- <laughs> that was mental, wasn't it? Um, that was like Tourette's. Yeah, I used to have Tourette's, but I'm fuck off now. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's always made me laugh. That's always made me laugh. Like you haven't got enough shit jokes around at Christmas that I uh, and I, now I'm adding to them. That that must make you so happy. Um, but um, uh, yeah, look, getting back to it. Thank you, thank you so much. You know, it it, it really is genuinely amazing. Oh, lovely, some uh, some junk mail coming in to my. Uh, all about the rock email. It's it's amazing. Thank you so much because you people are telling people in your droves you are spreading the word you are telling everybody people are coming on board it's it's scary that it's almost exactly 2,000 new subscribers every podcast um in fact I'm just going to look a message I'm just going to look up a message here that um Craig sent me the other day and um hello Craig um it's <laughs> weird isn't it um uh, by the way uh, all about the all about the rock is the website that hosts this marvellous podcast, um, all about the Rockies, run by Craig. Let's hear it for Craig. Good work, my son. For those of you out there listening on Podkicker, that's all thanks to Craig's hard work. He's um, we've done, we did a little bit of technical um, jiggery pokery in the background on this um, uh, between uh, now and oh, since the last episode. I can't even fucking speak. Why am I doing this? Um, uh, uh, we did some debate. Uh, well, Craig did some topping and tailing and dodging and weaving and ducking and diving and basically changed the XML file, which is the f- which provides the feed for this um, podcast. However, you're listening to it. Um, and what, so it might have. I know it happened in in, in my device. I'm, I I uh, I use Podcast Lounge on Windows Phone. That's Podcast Lounge. It's a great app. Um, they're not paying me. Um, they're just round the corner. Um, but they um, uh, I, some podcasts. Uh, about four of the podcasts appeared as being brand new again. Um, so if you did have anything happen with your devices where you saw podcasts appear again and it was a bit weird. Um, uh, apologies, it's not your device. It was work, it was work being done behind the scenes uh, by us. Well, by us and by us, I mean Craig. Um, but what it does mean is that if you have ever had any problems with any of the episodes, or there's any episodes that you've never been able to play or download for whatever reason, they've never been able to figure it out. That should be fixed now. So go back if there is any episodes that that um, you couldn't play before. Have a look. You should hopefully be able to now because I know Dave Highland. Hello, Dave. Um, 
on um, on Facebook was saying that he was finally going to be able to li- get to listen to episode number four, which I was really pleased about because that's the Chad Gray episode, which was which was really fun to do, and, and Chad was a really nice guy. So anyway, this message from Craig. Um, new subscribers in November, 1,939. You see what I mean? It's like it's almost exactly 2,000 every time, and it's all thanks to you guys. You're fucking amazing. What can I say? You know, metal is the greatest music known to man, and as metalers, what we do is... And I, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this applies in other forms of music, another fandom of music, because, because we're such a community. It is a metal community. It's, it's when you're into metal, you're into it for your life, and and it is just, it, it's just this thing. It's this part of your life, you know. Uh, and and I just don't, I don't see other uh, genres of music having that kind of dedication, um, and and being the kind of people that we are I know you guys are just when you discover something that you really like you go right I'm going to tell all mates about it I'm going to spread the word I'm gonna, because we, we get like that we get all um, oh what's the word um, we, we well we, we become advocates of whatever it is that we're listening to and it's like oh mate you got to check this out you got to check we want to share good shit with people we're nice caring sharing people us metalers and you guys are sharing the word of talking bollocks so much I can't honestly Cannot thank you enough. If every single one of you came around my house, I would say thank you. I'd then say get the fuck out because it's extremely packed in here. We've got 20,000 people in a two-bedroom flat. This is a bit fucking weird. Um, but at least that way I'd find out if there was if there was actually any female listeners because apparently there isn't because not one of you, not one of you has said, yes, I'm a listener. So, you know, there you go. It's just us guys in here, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but anyway... Um, uh, I think um, should we should we press on should we press on with another I think it's time to press on with another interview I really enjoyed doing this um, Craig Buck the Trend Craig remembers me from back in the day um, he was approached by somebody um, and asked if he'd do um, uh, if he'd mind doing an interview um, for the podcast and explained who I was and the message came back um uh, I'd love to. I remember him well from back in the day. Isn't that cool? Craig is one of the most liked and respected musicians in in metal, in thrash, whatever. Because I mean, he's with Spiral Arms now, and Spiral Arms certainly aren't uh, um, thrash. Um, but I suggest you check them out. And there's a new album coming out soon. And well, you, you'll hear in the interview anyway. Um, but it, just a top man, really nice guy. Um, we had a really good chat. It's, I think it's even, it's probably just over an hour. Um, it's great. Enjoy the the sound quality is um, is really good as well. So just, uh, uh, which is weird because he's on an iPhone six, and we all know how much they fucking suck. But anyway, <laughs> let's go for it. Let's go and have a chat to Craig, shall we? This is what uh, we got up to um, a few months ago. <laughs> Hello. Hello there. Hey man, how are you doing? I'm really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just. I don't. I haven't seen you in a long time. Am I, uh, is my uh, camera on? Um, I'm having a look, and no, it's not. Okay, it's just as well. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out uh, why my phone. I guess my. Oh, there it is. Cool. I just had to plug my case in a lot better. All right. Okay. I have a, I'm using the iPhone 6, and I have a uh, a new case, and it's really <laughs> snug. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. My uh, my my regular listeners will be laughing about you um, having an iPhone 6 because yeah, I'm 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 one of the um, 
I'm one of those uh, I'm one of those iPhone haters. So um, I've made. You know, I used I used to be as well, Howard. I, I used to absolutely hate the idea of ever owning an iPhone. Yeah. And then uh, what ended up selling me was when my BlackBerry took a crap, and uh, uh, I, I had to get an iPhone four. And I was at the Nam show, and uh, oh, right, I was yeah. at the Verizon store, and I was like, I was desperate. I you know everyone was trying to get a hold of me. My phone just took a complete dump on me. And ever since I actually own one, I cannot say anything really bad about them, and especially the six. All right, the how long? Is, yeah, how long have you had it now? Well, it's about a week, about a week and a half, maybe. Right. Okay. It's uh, and it's um, by the sounds of it, you're in love. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You don't want to put a black light up on this thing. <laughs> it's a it's a love affair. It's it's nasty. Right. Okay. You know, I, I know. I, I I got a new phone myself quite recently, and and you just you cannot get between me and that thing. What 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 kind of phone did you end up getting? Um, what you would know over there as a as the Lumia Icon, but it's been released a bit later over here as a um, as a Lumia Nine Thirty, which runs Windows Phone. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's like a, a Microsoft style phone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they bought Nokia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's all that kind of tech. But you know, hey, let's face it, they all do the same thing. We've all got our own little idiosyncrasies and why we like what we like, and you know, um, it, it took me years to move over to this, and uh, and I really like it now. So um, you know, it's it's well, all good. Well, I gotta say, this this Skype connection is the best I've ever had on a phone. I, I have to say, you sound absolutely clear as a bell. Yeah, I haven't used Skype in months. I really haven't had to do many interviews. You know, that was what I, the main reason I use it or when I'm in Europe, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Anyway, how you been, man? I haven't seen you in about 20 years. I think I might have saw you when I went out there with death. Uh, no, I, do you know what? We, we, I didn't manage to go out to see, to see you with death. The weird thing is that... Um, uh, I, 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 again, I've, I've I've been doing this since like January, and um, so we're at this this is going to be like episode ten or eleven that comes out. And um, uh, over over the course of the last few months, I've been interviewing people from back in the day who don't remember meeting me. So it's it, it you are the exception that's proving the rule at the moment. Um, no, we, I totally remember you, man. I remember everything about acid rain, and then you guys you made your friendship with Debbie Abano as well. You guys had kind of a little. Yes. Uh, yeah, she she somewhat took you under her large wing at that point. Um, Absolutely. I just remember she was really nice to you guys. Yeah, I, do you know what I was going to say? I, she's one of the first names that I wanted to kind of to talk to you about because obviously um, I think she would have been around when we first met because I, I hung out on, on your bus twice and that was when you supported Death Angel at Bradford Queen's Hall um, and also when you supported Sacred Reich at Bradford Queen's Hall. Um, and that would have been, I think, um, would would Debbie and Gloria, uh, Gloria, who obviously now Cavaliera, would, were they both at the Sacred Reich show? Uh, they both were, yeah. That was when we really first got to know Gloria. So, you know, we got to know her on, the, on that tour. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of the whole thing. And then, uh, you know, we went on the tour with her afterwards. Uh, we did the states again, and then later the the next year, the funny funny little story about that is that uh, while we were on tour in Europe uh, with Death Angel, we met up with Sacred Reich, 
at a, at a festival, and I had put no. Actually, no. I, I take that back. I'm going to back it up. On that U.S. tour, uh, I got a copy of Beneath the Rains Remains from Bora Boy, and you know who does Blabbermouth? Yeah. And uh, it was one of the like the only five people he sent it to, and it was it wasn't even out yet. And I played it for Gloria and Nino, who's since passed away, our sound man. And uh, her exact quote in that moment was, "Sounds like shit, dude." And then I just. <laughs> And then fast forward a couple of years, or not a couple of months, really, and then she was managing them, and then you know the rest, you know. Uh, yeah, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, but, I thought they were great. I was like, it just it worked for me. It hit all, all my all my buttons at that point. I was like, it's just the perfect kind of thrash thing, you know. I've gone on to be friends with the, uh, you know, I mean, all the guys to a different capacity, and I still am, you know, especially Andreas and Apollo. I see them more often. Yeah, you know, Max. Max is a little more uh, sheltered when he comes out, but he's still he's still cool as hell. They just need to get they need to get along and put it back together for us. Uh, well, absolutely, yeah. Because we're never not never going to happen. Yeah, never yeah. going to happen. Well, well, there's never. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. We got to we got to live with it. We. Gotta, I mean, look, there's never going to be a Pantera reunion. I'm 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 damn sure of that because obviously Dime's dead, so you can't have one. Um, but yeah, as long as those guys are all you know all alive. It would be awesome, but I can't see Andreas kind of like, um, yeah, he's not going to do it, is he? Yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's move on to the actual uh, what you, the, the the shindig, the actual interview here. <laughs> oh, mate, this is this is this is all in. This is this is oh, all. This is it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't okay. mind, if you don't, well, that didn't ever happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, none of that happened. Um, um, what? I, yeah, look, um, I like I said, I remember, I remember hanging out with you guys. Oh, by the way, hang on, before we go any further, I have got to ask you um, the the big question. Um, yes. How the fuck do I pronounce your surname? Lo Cicero, Lo Cicero. Just remember Cicero, just a little lower. Yeah, I, do you know what? I was going to say Lo Cicero, that's how it looked, but for some reason it's always been pronounced differently in my head. Well, um, in everyone else's mouth too, yeah. And right. It's, okay. uh, it's, it's pretty common for people to butcher my name. Right, okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't even fucking try. Um but um, I, I remember um, I remember a quote of yours when because yeah going back to when we um, uh, when we when we met which was um, was Sacred Right was the first show wasn't it and then Death Angel would have been the second show. Yep, Death Angel would have been the second time yeah, around. Yeah, I remember that because I remember sitting on your tour bus, and I think it was me. There was me, you, Bostaff, maybe somebody else as well. We were sat around one of those like little tables and. In a tour bus like you do so it's like quite cramped and we were talking and and i just remember saying so you guys enjoying this and your reply was yeah it's really cool we just drive behind we drive everywhere behind death angel and catch all of the money flying out of their bus <laughs> wait no wait a minute that was not me because we were in the bus no. But that was no. That couldn't have been. I da, maybe da, maybe I was talking about. Uh, oh God! Da, it was. It, it was me. It was definite. It was definitely a reference to the production that they'd taken on tour. That like, it thrash was already getting to that point. Kind of Death Angel Act Three. Thrash was already getting to the point there it, where it so sounds like something no. I would say, Howard. But we were <laughs> we were sharing a bus with them. And the, and there was no uh, right. In which case it was no real will at that point. You know, it, it never was with those guys. But no, 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 no. Guys, in vicious rumors. They they were following our buses around. You know, they were. 
they were the ones we were actually sharing a bus with that day. So I'm trying to wonder what context I could have meant that in besides funny. Right. Okay. It was. No. No. It was. No. 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 I. I. I yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to like you know crowbar a, a 20 year old friendship that you got with those guys. No. Now, you can't. I play with Eddie <laughs> today. You know, Eddie's in Spiral Arms now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Of I course. Mean, yeah. They're always my brothers. Well, no. Look. The, um, the re- I, I, and I, I'm remembering it slightly incorrectly. So let me tidy that up. Um, yes, we were all sh- you were all sharing a bus. You were talking about um, their. Uh, you, I think it was a reference. You were actually referencing not the tour bus. It was their production lorry, and it was and it, it was purely it, like I say. It wasn't. It wasn't kind of like you know evil. We all had a big laugh about it because we all knew that they were on Geffen and they were spending more money than any of us were ever going to see. Oh yeah, um, uh, and, you know, and they brought this whole production out and everything else. And it was, it was, yeah, like I say, it was a, it was a light-hearted, very funny, very funny line about the fact that they brought this like shitload of production out with them. Yeah, they they did uh, do the mini mini big kiss stage. You know, I mean, at that point, you know, they had ramps and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, more more power to them. And you know, especially when you look at like how they were poised to be the next thing. You know, and then the accident happened. I mean, they were they were set to uh, do the Clash of the Titans tour out here in the United States with, uh, you know, Slayer, Megadeth, Testament, and then Death Angel was on that. And yeah. then they got in the accident, and then Alice in Chains slid in. Wow. Which everyone looked at the bill and said, Wait, who's Alice in Chains? And then look at history. Yeah. No, just look at history. So that, that that's very... Uh, you know, I mean that's that's very hurtful. I mean, you know, those guys had to, took a long time to get over that. Yeah, you, you don't come back from. Well, I I, I spoke to Mark recently. Um, I would say recently, kind of turn of the year, and we were talking about it because we played with them a few times back in the day, and um, and they, uh, I mean, Mark just said like after the crash, he was like, "No, that's it, I'm done." Yeah, no, and I and Mark even moved into our rehearsal place with his band Silver Circus. I mean, we used to share a lot of experiences with those guys from '87 to you know up until the end of it, and then both you know all the incarnations of what they've done since then. And you know, um, like I said, I'm I'm really good friends with all those guys, even the new members. You know, uh, well we we well we yeah we call them new. They've only been in the band ten years. Well, not not uh, Will hasn't. Yeah, true. I mean, when we first went on our very first reunion tour in Europe with Forbidden in two thousand eight, Andy was still in the band, and yeah. um, and we we did a festival together in Holland, and we hung out then. But I could tell he was very unhappy. He was not happy at all. Um, right. And at that point, you know, it's just just doing it for so long, grinding away. Yeah. You know, it's being around your cousins all the time, just the. He was just getting really kind of sick of it. Nothing, you know, nothing that I, I wouldn't understand, because especially family stuff, man. I could just imagine just years and years of the same thing and going back and doing it all over again and making the same amount of money. And it's all, all that, you know. He needed some uh, a change in his life. That's the only reason why he left. He just needed to get away from that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it, it. I mean, it's tough. It's weird because when you, we, you know, when we're talking about like you know back in the day and you know the the the, the, the times that we got to hang out. All, you know, the weird thing is, I mean, I I remember being sat on your your bus like clear as day. It's, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, the weird thing is, it feels like it feels like a, a really 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 long time ago, and it also feels like 
I don't know, kind of recent as well. It's bizarre. When when you look back at those days, uh, is there is there stuff that you have, you know, that, that seems clearer than other bits and stuff you'd rather forget and, you know? <laughs> for many different reasons, <laughs> for many different reasons. Yeah, Some yeah. things were not very clear when they were happening. Other, <laughs> yeah. things, other things were very clear. And, uh, yeah. No, but I mean, I, uh, you know, something to keep in mind, and with Death Angel 2, is we were all very young. I mean... You yeah. know, we're all young when we start out, you know, 20s, if you say that. But I was in my teens. Uh, the first time you met me, I was 19. The next time I came around, I was 20. Well, I think, well, um, hang on, hang on. How old are you now? I am 45. Right. Well, I'm a year younger. Okay. So, then so that puts you in the teens as well. Yeah, I remember yeah. you being very young. So yeah, we, yeah, you're, we, yeah. you're right between Andy and I, because Andy was uh, two years younger than me. He had, he had actually dropped out of high school to do the Act 3 uh, cycle. Right, you know, so he, he and I was out of high school. I was in my second year out of high school by then. Me too. Just starting yeah. it. So yeah, so it's like you know, you know, I had turned twenty-one when we played the Warfield wow. here in uh, in the Bay Area with Death Angel. Yeah, that was my twenty-first birthday. So all this stuff, when things happen like that, if your head's not on really straight and you don't have a clear idea of your identity or where you're headed or what you what you're really doing with your life because I just went into it in a blur um, you yeah. don't really appreciate it as much as you should and some guys are, are wise beyond their years I I was not wise I was you know I've always had a brain but I was not <laughs> the wisest person so I learned a, a whole hell of a lot after those experiences but I do remember certain things very well and the important stuff I remember, um, then I kind of choose to black out of some of the other things because they're not so important, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm the same as you. I, certain things I can completely remember, and other things are just like, oh, sort of, yeah, kind of, you know? I don't want to remember everything that clearly. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yeah. all that great, but most of it was, and I'm, I wouldn't change a damn thing. I, I look, I'm I'm absolutely exactly the same. Um, you know, it, 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 well, firstly, you can't, so it's pointless wishing you could. Um, uh, and secondly, you know, like, like you, I was I was I was very young, so I, you know, I'm I'm just proud of actually getting th- actually doing it, getting through it, and coming out the other side with all my faculties. Yeah, that's what I feel right now, and I've done a lot of things since then. I mean, I, I know I'm you have. Yeah, I've been... with all the things I've done, but I. I've uh, been very fortunate to live a life and still be somewhat vital in this, this whole genre and scene, and maybe not the genre I was in, but I'm I'm doing I'm doing fine, man. I'm pretty happy with where things at. Well, mate, look. I've, um, uh, speaking of other things you've done, I know it's not exactly that current, but I have in my hand a Demonica CD. Oh, <laughs> right on. <laughs> uh, I, I I love that album, man. I I I, I totally. Totally loved it. Um, yeah, it's straight ahead, straight ahead, uh, thrash record from the mind of Hank Sherman of all people. Yeah, I know. It's weird, and I put it on again the other day, and and it's just, it's yeah, it still t- stands the, the test of time. Um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be plugging it on the show because it's like, yeah, there's just a, it, it's 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 a really good album, but it just kind of came and went. Well, there's a lot of decisions that I had. This was really had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, Except for that, he he approached me about doing it, and I, I mean, you know, the little backstory to that is I'm friends with Klaus, uh, who's the singer. He used to have a, sh- a radio show 
in a video show. He's somewhat of a celebrity in Copenhagen and a real charismatic guy, funny as hell. Right. Tall, looks like Thor, you know, as you see him yeah. in the picture. He's a big, big, tall, charismatic. He was a good-looking dude. He's, he's still got a little of a look. Craig, crazy. Craig, stop it, because I'm fucking hating the guy the more you go on about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, he's an asshole. No, <laughs> yeah. Now he's now he's bald and fat and no. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good. Anyway, but he was he was a friend of mine through that experience, and, and he, we Paul and I really became friends with him, and um, he knew how I felt about Hank. Hank's obviously there in Hope, Copenhagen, but Hank was a big Forbidden fan without even having that connection there. Uh, he always he approached me in an email and said, "Hey, I'm doing a thrash project. I want you to play guitar in it." I'm like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Hank." I'm like, "This is one of my absolute idols when it comes to riffing and song arrangement." Yeah, and just the odd way that he did things in his own unique style. Yeah, I always likened myself to, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a poor man's Hank Sherman because I don't think Merciful Fate made much money anyway. So he's <laughs> he's just like I was. Yeah, but uh, but I always likened myself to that kind of odd, you know, oddball approach and and unique way of looking at things. So getting an email from this guy alone was like, wow, you know, and then, yeah. but he said, you're, you're my favorite th of the thrash bands because you guys were so different and odd. And I was like, well, there you go. You know, he gets it. So that was a huge honor. Uh, he sent me some demos. They sounded pretty good. I was wondering like what Hank and thrash really had to do with each other. Um, but yeah. as it progressed and as he, that riffs kept, kept coming to me after he, he, I agreed to do it, then it got better and better. And then, uh, I, I got Mark into it, um, Mark Hernandez, who was begging me to, to sell him to Hank. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I, as soon as I saw, funnily enough, I was looking at the bat and I thought, yeah, there was definitely, I remember at the time it was like, like, you know, Hank telling the story of you guys hooking up first. And I thought if Mark Hernandez is playing on that, that must have been kind of down to you, really. Oh, he was begging me. He said, like, you got to put in a good word. And then once once we went out to Copenhagen to play a show and it was like the second or first or second show of our tour. I can't remember, but it was on that very first run and Hank and clouds had come out and we all really got along. And then Mark saw, I want to be your drummer. You know, it just was really persistent. So yeah, you know, I mean, at the time it was a good idea and, uh, I thought Mark did pretty well, but it was an odd way of recording. Uh, Hank had the riffs loosely put on with a drum machine and then Mark kind of wrote his own parts. And then we recorded them out here and to Hank's riffing, to a click and it was just really it was a modern way of doing it and then i did all my stuff and hank was finishing his stuff and and then grabowski was finishing his stuff it was just all of you know it's when, amazing that it sounded as good i think dave otero deserves a lot of credit the, the mixer when um, you when you say it was kind of modern way of doing it that my, my and i've i've had some modern way of doing things recently um fairly recently and my experience seems to be um, when we say the modern way, it's just, I hate to say it, but they're just as a kind of, I don't know, for want of a better phrase, a lack of feel. Dis disconnected. Yes. Oh, there you go. You see, you found, you've got you know, it. it yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, I'm not complaining because well, no, <clears throat> no. everybody was a professional enough to, to, to really connect the very best they could. I mean, there was no lack of feeling really in the playing. It was just. Oh yeah, you well, know, there's nothing. Nothing beats guys in a room, people in a room. Was doesn't have to just be guys, but nothing beats people <laughs> in a room. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Music. I, absolutely, bouncing yeah. off each other. I've had the same experience very recently, and I've had to go in the studio and put 
put vocals down on the stuff that uh, that I haven't that I haven't jammed in a room with people, and it's really fucking odd. It is. It's uh, yeah. It's, it, it was weird when we first got together to practice. You know, a year after the album was done, we did our first rehearsals, and um, and we you know we played some shows out there in Europe, and it was it, it got it got really good. But even Hank was trying to kind of remember. Ah, how did I play that? You know, so we were we were going through stuff like that. And I had to learn everything um, that I that I didn't play and whatever, dude. We're all pros, you know. Um, yeah. But I think that the one thing that came out of that experience was that as great as Klaus was at being creative and a front man and, and being the screamer, he had never really toured extensively, uh-huh. so he didn't really know how to take care of his voice uh-huh. or you know or gear up for that kind of work. So he, he knows now. But at this point, Hank's doing other things. I'm doing other things. Uh, Mark is very family-oriented, just sitting at home doing family stuff. And actually, Hank and Mark Grabowski are doing Sherman Tank together, so that's good. But I've got too much shit going on, and Hank doesn't really want to jump into it. So eventually, we'll probably do another Demonica record. Oh, that'd Um, be awesome. Eventually. Yeah. You know, there's just absolutely no hurry on anyone's part. And the business, like I was going back to the, you know, it came and went. It's because things weren't, he didn't really have all those pieces put together. And uh, he made some, you know, questionable decisions just to get it out. And he should have probably waited. But that's okay, because this next record, you know, Nuclear Blast would pick it up in a heartbeat if we decide to do it. So yeah, that's been made very clear. Um, oh, so, that'd you know, be awesome. Yeah, they, they, tur- they took a pass until they heard it. Ah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. That's fucking good, you know. So, <laughs> but it's just good thrash, man. Yeah, absolutely, hands down. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be plugging it here. Um, but um, Spiral Arms, yeah, that's that's kind of like that. That's your your main, um, the main outlet for your create creativity at the moment. It is well, no, it's, it has been for a while. But I, there's one other thing, you know, I. You got to kind of go through chronological here. Yeah, because we've yeah we've got a lot of years to catch up on, haven't we? Yeah, and no, we don't need to go through the, the the long version of it all. But uh, oh, good. You know, for for yeah, obviously, uh, you know what happened with Forbidden. Yeah, but you don't really know what happened because we were no. there was a, <laughs> a lot of major labels that were courting us. We had an, a deal on the table with RCA, and then Paul took the Slayer gig. Um, oh. which would have been which everyone was like well you know it sucked at the time we're like well we got Steve Jacobs this is great uh, should have been great for us because everything was still moving forward and then literally and you've heard this story told people like to say uh, point to the beacon of Nirvana changing the music business on them and it did really change it on us because right when we were on the 11th hour about to sign Nirvana had put out Nevermind and exploded and every label has shifted gears yeah. So we got caught right in the middle of that and then went into deep experimental mode for a couple of years, just trying new stuff and went very melodic. And it was like almost the, you know, fate's warning version of the band, which some people swear by if you go by the demos and they're like, oh, some of your best stuff. I just felt like it wasn't thrashy. You know, I just, yeah. I didn't feel like it had any connection to thrash anymore. But other people really loved it. But um, it took us a couple of years to, really get it going and then then when we did i got the death tour offered in 93 because this all was happening in 91 you know with the writing process and all that because 90 was all spent doing twisted in the form there's no no real time off so 
91, we were real close to having all this happen. Paul leaves at the end of 91. Then we got 92 and 93, and then I get the death tour, and then we we did a demo of, of Distortion uh, that I took to, with me to Europe, and um, that ended up getting us a record deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I turned down an offer to stay in death. Chuck had asked me if I would do it, and knowing that how Chuck is, I, I knew that that wouldn't last long, and it was like, you know, uh, I Forbidden was my baby, so I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I we remained friends that lineup that those four guys that right there was the best death ever got along and you can ask uh, Gene and you can ask DiGiorgio that was the best lineup as far as guys having a laugh never arguing and yeah being buddies you know so anyway that happened and then Distortion came out and did all Europe again um, did some states touring and then we worked on Green and uh, we were just really fired up for Green and just felt like, yes, it was explosive and fuck you and fuck you and fuck you. You know, it was like the ultimate fuck you album. Yeah. And then the label's like, ah, oh, we don't know what to do with it. It's just so heavy. And we're like, huh? You know, we thought, well, this, it, it's, it really discouraged us. And to me, uh, I was discouraged by that. And then on top of it, they offered us uh, a tour with Manowar. Oh fuck! And I, and I said, "That's it." You know, which you know, <laughs> it's the truth yeah. too. Yeah, no, no, I mate, mate. If I if, listen, if, if somebody, this, this man, it was a grit. It was a tour between. It was a, this was a tough, tough decision between Grip Inc. and Manowar, and and the label said, "Oh no, we're not going to support Grip Inc. We're going to support the Manowar tour." And I just said, "That's it, guys. You know, I can't. I'm not going to fight this fight. I'm not. I don't want to be lumped in with Manowar with no. this album." No, which might have been a strange decision. Looking back at it, Manowar, it doesn't matter. They're like a staple, right? So, yeah. But the thing um, is, the thing is, a Manowar pull Manowar crowds, and no one gives a shit who supports them. That's right. Well, you, know, it, it you don't cross that over Slayer, to that. Right? You don't cross over to that audience. That's the, they either know you already, or they don't give a shit about you. Yes, yes, that's true. So anyway, so I made that conscious decision, and I was really. Quite honestly, I, I put out so much expended energy and 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 effort into Green, and um, it was so angry. I, I yelled all I could at that moment. There was no more yelling to be done. I couldn't. There's no more, you know, because I mean, I wrote almost all the lyrics since Twisted into Form, so I kind of got it all out, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, so I said, I just want to go into a sabbatical and and find a new sound, and that's when I started Man Made God, and. Uh, that was very experimental, very heavy, and that was with a Rue that was in Machine Head for a while. Yeah. Um, and and three guys from Forbidden being uh, Steve and Matt and a singer Mike Sullivan, who was in a band called Level, who was an amazing band, but he had this unfortunate problem of being a junkie. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah, that is a slight but I problem. Thought I, I thought I could change him, Howard. Re- fuck <laughs> fuck me, really. Yeah, I thought I could. I thought I had the 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 power to help this man. But anyway, okay. but I'm glad I played with him because it, it, he showed showed me a lot about uh, being an artist and being experimental and and trying anything on music and not being afraid. And that's where that experience came into play my whole life. Since then, I was not rigid metal guy anymore. I didn't give a fuck. I would do anything anyone threw at me. I would try anything. I would not worry about what people thought. Anything sounded like just a complete abandonment of the rigid structure that is metal so you and, so uh, you thought you could help him and he ended up yeah, helping I, you 
He did. He did. Even though we fired him, we ended up getting <laughs> an amazing singer um, in the, just at the beginning of 2000. So a lot of years of just like kicking around and almost doing things, but not really doing anything. Yeah. And Story of the music guy, industry. Yeah. It was a, it, we had a different bass player and then Rick Rubin had found our demo and uh, really hunted us down and just the things that happened after that were like the things of books, you know, it was this crazy amounts of amazing things and money being spent and managers fighting for us and it was this, the most insane period of my life. It was like, I mean, how did I make it to this point? You know, it was, it was, it was like, it was going to all happen. It was going to all be this huge thing. We did an incredible record, but it sat on, it never got released for a year after we did it because A, we were fighting with Rick Rubin over sequencing and, and mastering, which you never want to do. And, uh, you know, the, the sequence of the songs. Yeah. And, and people were like, how do you argue with Rick? Well, in this case, it's because he was wrong. <laughs> sometimes he's not. Sometimes yeah. he is. And we we ended up losing the argument over sequencing. And it's a great record that's in the wrong order. And it's even been written in reviews as to saying that. Now, how often do you see that in a review, right? Yeah. So I, well, Bernie was wrong with that. But the other part of it was there was a huge upheaval in the, in the uh, major label industry. And um, they were on originally Columbia. And then they had to get bought out by Island American, we were on American recordings, right? And yeah. we, all this shit was going on that had nothing to do with us, and uh, it's just by the time the record came out, our singer was completely disillusioned. Didn't he was green? He didn't understand how much work it takes to get to where you want to go, <clears throat> and he kind of lost his uh, lost his ambition and kind of turned on us. And I just said, "That's enough of that." I and I threw my hands up in the air, like I do it forbidden. Just again, fuck it. I did it again. I was like, and then that might have been a huge mistake. Because that band was amazing, um, but I had to move away from it, you know. So yeah. that's when I started Spiral Arms. Right. Okay. And uh, that was Tim. That was in Systematic, which was a band that was really big out here in the states. They toured with everyone from, you know, Godsmack to Metallica to Disturbed to Stone Sour. Um, and I knew him since we were kids because he was in a band called Tyrannicide. Um, which I kind of liken to Acid Rain in a little bit. They're they're more hardcore and punk than than thrash. When the rest of the stuff out here was thrash, right? Uh, you, you guys had more of a punky feel to you, you know. That's right, yeah. Um, but great, great man, amazing talent, amazing dude. Um, but nobody wanted to really see us do anything out here because they they just wanted us to be like everyone else and play like everyone else, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of resistance. So it took a while for this band to get started, and then when it then when it really did take off, uh, I got the offer to do the Forbidden uh, reunion tours. Right. And yeah, that wasn't reacted to very well by the guys in Spiral. So there was a lot of resistance there, and uh, so much so that it inspired me to write a Forbidden record. So that's <laughs> kind of where all that happened, you know. Right. But, so uh, it worked it against came, them then. Yeah, but it came back around. And I know this is a long story, but it's believe no, there's so much no, more to it. Mate, we got all so, night. I, I've got all night. <laughs> well, we don't want to do this all night. But, uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, it just leads you to, like, a great journey of self-discovery. And now people uh, really react to the band. We, we've found our sound. We've eased into a nice uh, 
a great place actually musically i mean we have an incredible members we got andy playing drums with us which is like having a brother in the band you know yeah and um you know and it is way more 70s infused stuff but let's face it man i would, I would rather just do something organic and natural sounding than, than trying to come up with something um that's you know i i what i can't stand is like when a band has to reach so hard to, to try to make themselves sound like they fit in anywhere, you know, yeah. just just let it let it happen. Yeah, there's and no but there's no point in trying to like manufacture a kind of thrashy sound because that would be horrible. Well, that yeah. would be wrong because nobody's into that in the band. I mean, I'm you know I like thrash, but I don't I don't listen to it constantly, and I certainly don't feel like writing it every day. Yeah, you know, I'm, and neither did Andy. I mean, he was always the guy at Death Angel that wanted to you know play rock, so this is his dream band. And, you know, we have a record deal. We have all the things in place for this next record to actually be successful. And we're writing it now and doing pre-production and start next month. Um, and the recording of it with uh, Eric Kretz from Stuntable Pilots is producing in his, in his studio. And it should be a good uh, good marriage this time, I think. The timing's finally right after all these years. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, you, sa- you sound as enthusiastic um about spiral arms as like as about anything that you you've done in your career i am i am but there was points where i wasn't you know there's a lot of dissension a lot of uh i mean quite honestly you know there's a lot of jealousy and resentment um when i agreed to take the forbidden stuff and we had chris contos in the band too um ah we had right. amazing drummers along the line we went from steve yeah to paul bostaff sat in when steve was injured right to, uh then we had uh, uh, Eric Kretz came in for a while, and then um, he in, he couldn't do it because STP got back on on the road again and started doing their thing again. Yeah. And then we had Contos, who was great. Yeah. And with Contos comes a lot of a lot of just thinking. He's a really good friend of mine, but there's a lot of thinking, and he caused a lot of dissension but between that's, us. That's very thinking. that's that's very rare for a drummer to be known as a thinker. Oh, believe me, he overthinks. Right, but he's very, he's really smart and he's a really really cool dude. But yeah, playing in a band with him, that's why he's been in forty bands or fifty bands in his life. You know, he, oh, Jesus. I remember him playing Attitude some... Adjustment all those years ago. Attitude, yeah, I mean a million things, man. Yeah, a million things. Trust me, he's he's even he almost had Testament change their name. You know, so but this, I, I don't <laughs> want to bag on Chris because that's not what I'm trying to do. And he's, yeah, he's yeah, totally. BMX, He's like a BMX racer right now, and he's and he's kicking ass and. He's putting music down for the time being, which is the best thing for him because then he doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. He's getting a lot of trophies, I'll tell you that. He's, he's racing bicycles as a, as a grown man and kicking ass in his age. That's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's winning a lot, man. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, dude, what happened? So anyway, so yeah, but so we, had, we went from him and then we got Ron. It was like a, a, another fantastic drummer, but... Um, he wasn't the right guy. He couldn't really tour without his wife freaking out, that kind of stuff. So yeah. in comes in. You know, but the, all these drummers are fan-fucking-tastic. They're all great. Yeah. I, well, fucking Contos and Andy alone are like and two, two legends. And, and Paul, for fuck's sake, yeah. Yeah, Paul wasn't – yeah, he was. there was a point there where he wasn't doing Slayer. He wasn't doing Exodus. He, you know, he was totally into it. But it's a challenge for Paul to, pl- to hold back. He has a real challenge doing that. He's been playing for Slayer and Forbidden so long that – it, you know, to to lay back into those grooves was a, yeah a challenge he accepted and he, and he got better at it. 
Yeah, that must have been really because he he is like yeah. There's a drum clinic going on while whilst the song's playing. Yeah, Paul's uh, he'll always be a great friend. Um, awesome drummer. Whenever I see him, it's it's wonderful to see Paul, and I'm super happy for him that he's back in Slayer. And so you know, that I mean that that's pretty much where we are today. You know, we're on SPV in Europe. We'll be on SPV. We're gonna be on E1 out here in the states, which is a new deal that just came through. It's, it's a good label out here. Yeah. So, you know, there's something to look forward to actually having a new record in this lineup. I can't wait to have everyone hear this stuff. And it is heavier. It is It is a heavy and darker record. Um, but it's rock. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've, uh, I've, I've checked Spire Alarms out. Um, in fact, I've, you know, whenever, whenever you've been in the press... Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like I don't know, seventies. I mean, uh, yeah, there's 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 kind of that. I don't know. There's almost like a for me. There's almost like an early kind of Soundgarden feel as well. Yeah, there is a little of that. I think it's everything that we like that kind of comes natural. Like I said, and that's part of letting go. Just let your let your music do the talking, and don't don't over trip on it. You know. So, and I think that uh, Soundgarden we made a huge influence on me and Tim at different times when nobody else even liked them back in Ultra Mega OK, Loud Love it hadn't even really hit, you know. And I was I was listening to that when I was even at it when I met you and I was already listening yeah. to that stuff, you know. Yeah. So I I loved uh, yeah I always loved that kind of Middle Eastern tinge to music anyway, you know. Yeah. But I, I think that I'm. You know, the people try to say stoner rock a little bit, but that doesn't really apply. I think we're more like stoners that rock. You know, I don't think really, <laughs> I don't think we're really stoner rock. The stoner rock That's... really is contrived and, and tries to keep it. They keep it. I mean, I love some stoner rock too. Don't get me wrong, I love some stoner rock. But yeah, it's, it's, it tries to stay at one level to make sure that it doesn't go outside of the box of what their audience expects. And that's similar to what I had a problem with in metal. And I think we have a loftier bunch of songwriters in this band and dynamically we can do things that other bands simply cannot even touch just what we can do with these people and having the right you know we have an organ keyboard player and brad and you know andy's playing drums now our bass player cornbread is just phenomenal bass player and singer too so we have the right pieces you know yeah but that's ultimately that's the thing about uh, about bands it's the it's the personalities that are going to make or break the, the 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 band not not the so I mean yeah obviously the songs the music is is immensely important but ultimately personalities will make or break a band yes they will and the wrong personality in the wrong spot can make everything you know grind in a way that it will destroy a band from the inside like a cancer yeah and that's not yeah. necessarily anyone's fault it's just a combination of the parts and that's something you learn too because when you you're young, you're like, oh, you're fired. You know, it's that whole attitude to things is like, <laughs> yeah. check it out, man. You're yeah. going to see each other one day. And all that kid stuff is just kid stuff. You know, you, you oh, got to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be an adult yeah. at this age, especially I, when we're all in our 40s. You know, you think, fuck. And that's another thing about what we play is like, what's great about it is it fits for a bunch of guys that played thrash metal and metal that aren't playing thrash metal and metal anymore. It fits seamlessly into the growth pattern of who we've become. Yeah. You know, just, just letting it happen. Like I've been repeating it over and over again. I wish bands knew how to do that, but everyone's so 
especially in the metal scene, they're so paralyzed by the idea of not being accepted by the, you know, the people that they started with, yeah, or the crew that they started with. And in the Bay Area, I'll tell you right now, we have been fully accepted by everybody out here. It's it, you know all these thrash bands, anyone anyone who's seen us, they're they are down with spiral arms, and we're getting all the best shows now. Things are the national stuff is, is starting to happen, rock stuff, and you know, so it's it's just come to a point where. Uh, it makes sense to people, you know. So we just hope that it gets outwardly more. And but by the sounds of it, you guys are so comfortable with what you're doing. The that that is that can only come across to to audiences, but also to other bands because other bands are going to see you guys playing on stage and go, "Fuck! I wish we had that dynamic." That does happen a lot. <laughs> we've been a. a Late, you know, more so than ever in the last year or so, we've been like a benchmark for a lot of bands out here and a lot of cool bands. There's there are some really good bands. Zed comes to mind. Uh, Z E D. They're a very very good band. Yeah, and we've done a lot of dates with them. Devil in California, which has got some uh, guys from some other bands, are fantastic. I mean, there's there's a few. You know, Pushing the Sun. There's a, there's there's a whole rock scene, um, and it's heavy. You know, it's heavy rock, and but it's like it's it's melodic and it's not cheesy. And it's it's starting. There's all starting to be a little more fearless, and that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's that's how it be, that's how it begins. It can't be chasing things down, trying to sound like people. It has to be your own stamp, and it's starting to happen. And I and I, and I feel like we're somewhat responsible for that in our own little way. Well, it it kind of I, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of think it, it it feels to me like that that needs to happen again. It's kind of like we need a. Um, uh, a, a new, a, a kind of watermark. Um, uh, we need, we need something to happen because there is, there is without doubt a culture of just churning out albums that sound like they've been produced to uh, to be on a video game. Um, there are, you know, the whole every scene is fragmented by a million and one genres. Um, and um uh, and by the sounds of it you guys are um are, are, are just take it taking it back old school we are and i and i give a lot of that credit to tim um because when i was doing the the forbidden thing he put uh he really you know took up the the responsibility of writing the next record which was freedom and he wrote the majority of that thing while i was gone uh, off a lot off the influences of everything we'd been through, and you know, and I mean, he's a solid songwriter on his own. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he took on the, a different direction and just said, "I'm going to strip all the bullshit out of this. I'm going to stop trying to be too clever and too cute with what we're doing." Because I think maybe that was the only problem we had before is, is we were almost too good for people. And I hate to say it like that, but we were a little above what people were, you know used to hearing when they hear those demos now they're like holy shit why aren't you playing this stuff it's like because back then nobody got it you know if you'd if you'd done if you'd done that stuff you'd have ended up being a band's band well i think that that's what was happening i think that uh that's the difference is he simplified our our uh model and so with this record me being here and us writing together and i'm not going anywhere just all that i i'm glad that we stuck together and for whatever it's worth um the team of he and I writing together, I think, for me is for my my money and my my you know beliefs. It's one of the best things that I've ever ever done, and um, I'm really glad that we we rocked through all the rocky parts. You know, 
So do you? So do you now claim? So do you now turn around to them and say, "You see, if I hadn't gone off and done that forbidden reunion, we'd be fucked right now." No, I have because they, they, you know, there's. I've had to say that because things have come up. You know, in a room with a band, when you play with guys all these years, you know, because Tim and Cornbread had gone through that whole thing. It's our bass player, Cornbread. His name's Chris. There's a whole story to call him Cornbread that we don't need to get into. That. Is it? Is it anything? But, uh, to, is it anything to do with Duckman? No, it has to do Shit. with him smashing a bag of cornmeal on somebody's head at a party. <laughs> right, okay. It's a real story. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was difficult at times because they, there was, like I said in, earlier, I alluded to it, there was a lot of resentment. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I, can't, I, I think all that stuff was important for the growth of the band. And uh, and as as bad as it got at, at any one point, I, I think that every single. Oh, sorry about that. Hold on. So high. I got, my wife is breaking out the iron board, so I think I hear <laughs> squeaking in the background. Yeah, but uh, I'm doing an interview right now. She just woke up. She's a nurse. So oh right. Um, but I think all that stuff, you know, was was pivotal, and I and I can see finally that in the last few months especially with Eddie on board because Eddie would not have joined this band if I wasn't in it you know um, I was going to ask how, looked, how you know how and when did you get him because I was sure he was doing something else last I saw he was doing something with I think it was like a punk band with a female vocalist or something like that and yeah no he's done all, he's done a lot of stuff and it was all to keep his chops up they were called The Nerve and they're, and they're really cool they're yeah, actually cool um, but all this stuff that he's done has been waiting for the right gig not that he was jumping in full bore Going, I'm going to do this. You know, nothing had. He really was just waiting to see if something great came along. And then when you could really say it was one moment. It was um, when I did the benefit with Rob Flynn, and uh, you know, we called Rob Flynn and Friends, but that wasn't originally called that. It was originally my idea to have do something for a friend of ours who's um, who got in a motorcycle accident with her husband. And he died on the spot. She was in a coma. Yeah, I saw all and, of this. Yeah. Yeah, you probably saw stories about that because I know yeah. Metal Hammer. They came out and did a big feature. And, yeah. Um, but it was an idea I had where I brought it to Rob, and it, it brought Rob and I back together and closer again. And my drummer that I picked, that I, I mean, I knew Paul would do it because we've done it before, and I knew I knew the certain people were going to do it for sure. But I picked Andy because I'd never really. You know, or I hadn't seen him in a long time, and I knew how we did it twenty years earlier, and it was different. It was called Slack Babbitt. Right. Okay. Almost the same lineup, but not quite. Rob was in it too. Yeah. We had a few more different heads, but we used the Rob Flynn's and friends to pull in some more people, bigger. You know, sold out in a day that way. Right. I, I remember so, seeing uh, all about it. I remember seeing Rob's blog post afterwards as well, and just really going into depth about you know what a big thing it was, and what a you know it was a, a whole community turning out. Oh, it made it made Rob and I. I mean, which is I think this scene is. I mean, just on a on a harmony level, and I, I could be fooling myself, but when Rob and I get along, it's just better for everybody. Because <laughs> so, we were, you know, we started Forbidden Evil together. You know, there's a lot of yeah, history. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people don't he realize kind of that. ignored. Yeah, he ignored history for a lot of years and uh, and lived as 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 he could because he was Rob Flynn. And in Europe, he's a, he's a megastar. Out here, he still hasn't hit on that level, but. He will. I think this next record will. But anyways, getting back to Andy. Um, yeah. When I, when we first played and we first went through the songs, he and I, I was like, holy shit. You know, I, 
I realized right then that that's what I've been missing and that's what was missing in spiral arms. And, um, it's just that extra energy of getting it, not, not having to coach somebody into doing something or yeah. explain things too much. Cause that was the only problem with our, the drummer. He came from a different school. He's more Neil Pert and he's ah, more right, Bill okay. Ward, you yeah. know? So it, it really just, Oh man, is that moment. I was like, Holy shit. So I told the guys, in the band, check them out when we do the show, watch him. Cause Spiral did a song, but we did it with Will because we had agreed to do that earlier. You know, the other drummer, Death Angel. Yeah. So we did uh, Tomorrow's Dream and Changes because um, we can do changes with the piano. But um, <laughs> yeah. we did that, and then those guys watched Andy and were just like, dude, we got to have him. So I approached him about it, and uh, he agreed to check it out, but he, he just loved it. He, he was freaking out from the moment he heard the CD. He was just freaking out. So we drive we drive into practice every day together. You know, we're hanging out all the time. It's been the coolest few months, you know, I've had in a long time just hanging out with this guy. It's great. It, it sounds awesome, and and you really can just I can hear it in your voice. You know, I mean, I I can just hear the the satisfaction, the the just like things coming right, everything having to happen through a reason, the shit that you've been through, and everything else, and. And and even stuff that seemed like it was negative at the time turning out to be positive, you know, uh, in the given the fullness of time. And um, yeah, you, you you sound absolutely you you sound like the cat that got the cream at the moment. You just cut. You mustn't yeah, be the able cat to got the cream. Yeah. Like, shut, how about chuffed? Who's <laughs> <laughs> talking? Yeah. I was talking Brit. I'm okay. Brit. Yeah, you you, know, you, you um, must be. You, you sound like you, you sound like a dog with two dicks. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> How does that work? I want to. I want to know how that works. But um, you got to be an English. No, here's the, here's the thing, though, dude. It's 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 your choice. And this is if anyone is even going to listen to this whole thing, we'll see if anyone gets this far. But uh, oh, they will. They will. They're 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 a very very uh, patient lot. Okay. <laughs> well, most <laughs> most of the most of the interviews on the podcast usually come in at about well about an hour something like that. So okay, longer well, we're the better. Close to that now. Yeah, we are. Um, so, you know, my, my point I'm going to make here is that yeah. uh, as much as anything, life is a perception, right? And it, it is truly what you make of it. You can make anything into a bad situation really easy by gravitating towards that negative aspect of it. Yep. But the one, you know, thing that I've never done is that. And it's, for that, and it's for that reason that I'm not jaded. And I will attribute a lot of that to the fact that my wife and I are great friends and if we've been together since the very beginning since forbidden evil basically you know wow she didn't really? give a crap about my music so so we've been together she's a, she's my best friend uh, since 1988 um you know i mean she's she's awesome so i think a lot of my attitude towards life is that i have a solid thing you yeah. know, a real tangible thing you have foundations you, know, you have a solid a foundation base, a solid sun, base you know. to work from yeah, I got a ten-year-old son. These other people have these same things, but they may not be able to flip their motivation on like I do, you know, and, <laughs> and stay stay young, stay young at heart. You know, and yeah. that's why I haven't aged that much, as opposed to some of my other peers who've got really down, and and you know, life will suck it right out of you if you let it. So yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's really where it's at for me. 
No, I know exactly. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's I know it's a, it's, a, it's an age old phrase, but you know you're only as fu- old as you feel. You know, age is just a, to a number. certain extent. Then one day you wake up and go, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, well, there, there there is that. You're talking to somebody who had double hernia surgery uh, oh. ten ten days ago. So yeah, oh. uh, yeah. Don't make me fucking laugh. Um, oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll try not to be funny. Uh, yeah, well, you're doing a great job, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's what. laughs> well, hey, look, I've spent I've spent the last fifteen years doing stand up, so you know. Um, oh, did you? you yeah, know what? I've heard that. No, I, I someone had actually told me that it wasn't it wasn't recently either. Can't remember who was saying that, but yeah, it, it had come up. Ah. And they said that they'd heard you were doing stand up, and I was like, no shit. Well, that guy was funny. <laughs> well, um, well, yeah, that's that. It just seemed like uh, I, I tried to do a band. I tried to do another band for a bit. I'd kind of had enough, and um, I, I mean, I, I always wanted to do stand up. I've always wanted to do stand up. So yeah, I've been, been doing that for, um, for. I've been down in London for twenty years, and fifteen of those I've been doing stand up. Um, I had a five year break in the middle. Um, wow. But, so um yeah it's um, it's, it's, it's uh talk about being fearless you know that's the probably the scariest thing performing wise until you get on a, a, a roll i mean you look at the, like these the lives of com- comedians it's like you know a lot of them it, it's it's rough it's man. all right it's so right. you, you can say it. a lot of a lot of them kill themselves yes yeah i was <laughs> gonna say robin williams is a, yeah. is a perfect example of somebody who was so brilliant that it, it killed him yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's um it's it the other thing is just you know even more than music it's um the the it, you're, you're performing in in bars and clubs all the time so alcohol yeah. is there all the time um and when you come off stage as a stand-up if you've had a good show, there is um, the, the the adrenaline levels are like nothing you can comprehend. Right, because you made it's that just... personal connection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also because when you come off stage as a band, you're you're all talking about it. You're going like, "Oh, did you see this?" And you see that, and you're sharing it. But when it, as a stand up, when you come off that, that is just all bottled up inside you. Because right. it, it, another comedian doesn't want to want to hear how fucking gig you, good your gig went. Fuck you, I'm on no, next. No, they don't. Do they? There's yeah. too no. much competition there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's the thing. Comedians can be just as catty as bands. Oh fuck yeah! Oh definitely, and and you know. That total rivalry and I mean I I know I know comics who are really good friends and I and uh, I mean I'm you know good friends with comedians as well and I, I I've stood backstage with with one comic and there's a comic on stage who I know is is a big friend of his and they'll just be stood there going oh for fuck's sake shut up you cunt get off you know it's just right yeah it's just he- like, hecklers from the comic behind you. <laughs> yeah 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 it's just like it just let me on just let me on and i you know it's i, I mean you know thank you the for the the the, the thing the fearless comments and stuff like that but look craig you know what it's like um if you really 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 want to do something and you really want to get out there and you want to do your thing it can be stand up. It can be playing the guitar. It can be drums. It can be dance. It can be sculpture. It can be playing the fucking glockenspiel. Yeah, any kind of artistry. Artistry. Yeah, yeah. You just you, yeah. All you see, or all you see is you don't see an audience. You don't think, oh fucking hell, I'm scared. You just see a load of people that you're going to get your message across to. And right. you know, and, and and that's it. 
you know, and you just, you just get out there and go and do your thing, you know, and it's like anything else, stand-up's like anything else, people say, I don't know, are you any good? And I say, well, look, you know, stand-up comedy is the same as anything else, it takes a long time to get good at it, and I've been doing it 15 years, so hopefully I'm not shit. So you still are you still doing it then? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm at a show. Well, yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna go check you out on YouTube. Uh, well, you'll uh, the thing is, you'll you'll have to definitely put your British ears on because um, the main the main thing I do is I actually do a character um, called Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. Um, <laughs> right, and 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 and, really and, and, and that is Platt, as in P L A T T. Um, right. And and you'll you'll find me on YouTube. I got a, I've got a YouTube channel there. Um, so uh, so yeah, you you may need um, you may need to do some. Uh, you may need to have a, like a, a Brit slang dictionary handy. But but you know it should be okay. Uh, I'm but little, no, I'm, I'm a little hipper than I'm a little hipper than most when it comes to that. But yeah, there's once in a while I'll be like, huh? yeah. So but but I'll, cool. I'll listen to it. I'll I'll definitely check it out. I oh, cool, really man. enjoyed talking to you, man. Yeah yeah, and you and we've uh, I think we we've just come up to about um, we're coming up to about fifty eight minutes. So um, if your wife's just got up, why don't um, why well, I leave you you guys to it? And um, uh, look, it's been it's been really cool catching up with you. I'd love to do it again sometime further down the line. Maybe after you've done the album, we'll catch up again. Well, I know we're going to England. Uh, we got a a full slate of things coming up for next year, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of the festivals. Uh, you guys have your your you know rock stone and rock festivals. They love to slot us in those things. So yeah. Oh, get the fuck yeah, over they, here they, then. You yeah. know, uh, Michael Lamott. You know, um, him and Spiritual Beggars. We talk a lot about touring together. So we're probably going to try to make that happen next year too. Oh wow, awesome. He's a big fan of Spiral Arms, as I am of Spiritual. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, uh, that guy. We met at the Nam show a few years back. Um, not the one about with my phone, but before that. And uh, it was funny. I, we saw each other and we're like, "Hey, hey, hey!" You know, I was like, "Dude, I'm a because I'm a huge fan of his work as a guitarist. He's just a fantastic from Carcass, you know, all the way through." So it's funny. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So we had this, just hit this friendship off, and I really didn't know that much about Spiritual Beggars. And then we were already doing Spiral Arms, and then I realized, wow, we're the SP bands that are rocking out with our <laughs> metal past. You know, I was like, dude, this is too parallel. He's like, dude, yeah. I've been following you since Man Made God. So. Or really forbidden, but he followed me all the way through that stuff. So it's just funny. Like a good friendship comes out of that, and we actually have a real kindred spirit. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's all. Well, look, I I'm, I look forward to seeing you guys over here. Um, and look, be, best of luck with the album. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna kill you guys. Sound like you're in a absolute right place for it all to come together. It's a monster record, man. It is a monster record. There is some really great stuff on this. It's very, like I said, lofty. It's, it's getting up to a high level here. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, uh, awesome. You man. can't do that without our experience. Got to have it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's, it's taking you, it's going to take you, what, you know, 20 odd years to put out your first album. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's really exciting, man. Well, no, no, we, well, not and by, 20 odd years. Wait, wait a minute. No, that's not true. We, well, we, we put out albums already. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, where you're like, at this level. Oh, yeah, I should have known what you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, no that no, is true. It's 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 definitely getting to the yeah that comfort zone. Well, anyway, listen, man, I, I do got to run myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, go for it. Anytime you want to talk, man, we'll do this again. Maybe definitely. check in a few months. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's a pleasure, man, and uh, I will be checking you out online. <laughs> cool. That's uh, that probably sounds creepier than you wanted it to sound. Uh, it, yeah, I'll be I'll be looking at your cam. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I'll be I'll be tapping into your yeah, yeah, personal yeah. camera. Just quickly, is that did you call it what Platt? Keith Yorkshireman. Keith Platt. Keith Platt Yorkshireman. Okay, yeah, got Keith it. Platt. All right, man. All right, brother. Lovely speech you. You take care, man. You too. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. How cool is Craig, huh? How cool is Craig? He's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, and some really cool fucking behind-the-scenes behind sort of shit there. And that stuff about he was saying about uh, Gloria, Max's wife, the first time she saw heard Sepultura, that was fucking classic. So some real, for you, real fresh aficionados. There's some just... I, I'm, I really, really enjoyed that interview. Um... I just listened to bits of it back. Um, I just imported it and put it into the into the show there, and I listened to bits of it, and it was just reminding me. I'm really looking forward to actually to actually going to listen to the whole thing again because it was just it was a really fun conversation to have, and he's a really really nice guy, um, as you all heard. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just really cool to. Um, uh, to to just be able to catch up with people all these years later, it's it's so bizarre that we can just like pick up where we left off and just start chatting um, like we just saw each other last week or something. It's um, it, it's it, it's it's quite bizarre actually, but um, really enjoy it. Really enjoyed um, uh, chatting with Craig, um, and um, and this this is now winding down. Um, uh, we, 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 you know, we're winding down part one, part one of this amazing Christmas special. Um, let's have a look at the timings here. Right, so one hour forty-eight on my clock at the moment. Um, fucking amazing! <laughs> oh, we've—I mean, we're only halfway through. Normally, I'm wrapping up and I'm winding down now. I'm saying to you guys, like, well, you know, thank you very much, and all, as I already have done, and I, as I as I probably will do at the end of the next episode. But can you believe it? They were only halfway. Fucking through, hey! We've still got Steve Souza and Igor Cavaliera to come. Jesus fucking Christ, you lucky fuckers! Well, anyway, in keeping with um, the theme of the show, and in keeping with the format, because I've messed about with it a little bit just to fuck you guys up a little bit. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking like a fucking idiot. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to make available for you now a um, a, a track by uh, Scimitar. Now um, I, I've played them um, on the show before. Um, the track I'm going to play is "We All Shall Burn." The EP came out in um, uh, it came out on Halloween night actually, and I was going to play it on the Halloween show, but then I got. Um, permission from uh, Sensor, which was really cool uh, to play a track um, so, and um, who knows we may hear another Sensor track at some point, so anyway um, the uh, the EP is called Plague in the Vatican um, the song is called We All Shall Burn the band are called Scimitar which is S-C-I-M-I-T-A-R they are from Belfast, okay. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to get my islands fucked up again because, uh, frankly, that was pretty fucking scary shit. How I'm still alive is uh, is uh, is is quite quite amazing. So anyway, um, 
uh, yeah, Scimitar, uh, check them out. Check out the EP. Um, you're going to hear some music from them now. Um, thank you very much. Thanks all for listening. There's no need to do any of that winding up shit because um, I'm li- we're just nipping over to part two. So hope you've impo- enjoyed part one. Um, it's been a laugh, hasn't it? Um, and um, uh, part two's on its way. But before then, it's time for uh, a little bit of uh, Scimitar and We All Shall Burn. Thank <laughs> you.